Hello there, Lab Chatters. Welcome to another episode. I know it's been a while. Uh, I've been kind of busy, I guess, with just work and uh, life and things like that. We uh, put on our first ever virtual camel convention this year. Um, so a lot of you attended and a lot of our members attended and we thank you. It was an excellent event. I think I want to have an episode just kind of dissecting all the things that we saw uh, and learned at that event. I think it was an extraordinary three days uh, and it was just awesome to see people in our field getting together. If it's not in person, at least it's a, it's a virtual event. So I'm glad we could have that. Anyways, today uh, I wanted to get back to one of the types of episodes where I'm just thinking about certain things in science and pulling up random articles. And today it's uh, an interesting one. I can't describe how I got on this topic, but I have an aloe vera plant in my house. And uh, I've been thinking a lot about plants and how we kind of underestimate their uh, evolutionary role and their participation in everything that they do. I was reading the other night about how there are certain plants that can sense when uh, herbivores are present uh, and they release you know, noxious compounds that trigger other plants to produce those same defenses, like in the example of the acacia tree, uh, where it sends these signals to surrounding acacia trees to make them produce toxic compounds and render them inedible. However, the uh, giraffes have figured out that if they just eat the acacia trees upstream, uh, that they will still be edible. So they've kind of played this evolutionary arms race um, and it's just really fascinating how plants produce these uh, toxins and can communicate with each other. Um, the one that I was thinking of that's even beyond the acacia tree is that they've actually proven that plants that are being eaten release compounds that can actually bring in predators to those herbivores. Believe that. It's uh, pretty incredible the level of evolution that would have had to happen there. Um, so as far as the aloe plant goes, it's also one of these uh, unique plants that produces a compound called aloin when it's eaten. And aloin is an interesting compound uh, because it triggers, number one, severe digestive distress. Um, so it's not going to make you feel very good when you eat this. Uh, and that's the plant's goal is to deter you from eating it. It uh, has no reproductive fitness if herbivores like to come along and eat it on up and it can't reproduce. So this aluin compound is number one doing that. The second more interesting thing going on here is that that compound itself belongs to a group called quinones. Now quinones are very toxic actually when it comes down to it. They have a severe activity on DNA itself and um, they've been identified as actually being uh, somewhat um, toxic and possibly cancerous to humans and so that's why in some states aloe compounds have been banned um, but it basically gets in and uh, uses free radicals and active oxygen species to create dna uh, damage and so this is extremely important actually for the aloe plant when it comes to being eaten by an herbivore because one of the things the plant is trying to do is now that its membrane has been pierced it wants to seal that back up as quickly as possible so that it's not prone to fungal infection, right? 
And so what this aloin compound is doing is one, it's deterring the herbivore from eating more. And two, it's actually a protective uh, drug that it's secreting. It's preventing a fungal infection from happening uh, at the tissue level. The other thing to mention is that we often think about uh, fungus infection in humans happening with immunocompromised individuals and things like that, but it's pretty rare. I would say in plants, it's probably a lot more common because many funguses have cellulitic enzymes and things to break down these long uh, cellulitic uh, chains that oftentimes, you know, they're not going to encounter with a human. So I think uh, plants have to play a special role when it comes to antifungals as fungus are always wanting to break down uh, their decaying organic matter. Very fascinating. So I was thinking about it because this aloe plant is sitting in my room and I was thinking, you know, what can I use this thing for? Well, I actually tend to have dandruff, especially when um, I'm stressed, you know, I'll notice that I might have a little more dandruff. One of the things uh, that dandruff is caused by is a fungus called Malaysia fervor. And it's been isolated, I think, from 77% of people with dandruff. So it's likely that this is the fungus that is causing it. There may be other funguses that are causing it. And for a long time, this has been thought of as maybe a, um, maybe a problem with the microbial community itself. Uh, maybe the scalp, you know, is overrun by this fungus because the, the microbes that are normally producing compounds to fend off the malaysia are gone. And so an interesting study has shown that um, people who take probiotics actually have a reduction in symptoms uh, from malaysia-induced um, dandruff. So there's quite a few things going on there. I mean, one is that you know, the microbial communities are big. Now, why are they big? That's not really clear. And another hypothesis is that they're actually regulating the immune response to malaysia. So um, it's possible that 70% of the immune system is in the gut, that somehow this tolerance for the malaysia fungus is, is being taught there. And so it becomes more irritating as the microbial diversity drops. And so the use of antibiotics and uh, being delivered by C-section, for example, may not, may, may not give you those communities of microbes early on. The other thing that's been studied is the effects of stress and chronic stress on the immune system itself. So there's an idea that uh, the stress may weaken uh, the immune response to the fungus, and therefore it's able to proliferate and spread through the scalp defeating the other bacteria so it's not kept in check by those things that are being secreted in the sebaceous glands to keep it at bay um, it's really unclear but one thing uh, that is clear is that this aloin compound being a quinolone has great antifungal properties and uh, in a world where we're seeing these increased incidents of resistant funguses it may be a holy grail for finding more compounds that are antifungal in nature. Plants are constantly trying to manipulate fungal communities. In some cases, like in the rhizomes and the roots, you know, they're trying to cultivate specific communities of um, fungus. So they're releasing compounds to kill certain funguses and keep other ones alive. And same when it comes to tissue and their immune response and prevention of infection. 
with these alloin compounds. Um, just a just a really fascinating group of things there. And um, the really interesting thing is that when you put this aloe vera extract that comes from the latex itself that contains the alloin, it's a yellow substance. When you use it for MICs against malaysia, it's more effective than almost any antifungal drug we have out there. Um, even with these clotrimazole-resistant malaysia species, it still has incredible activity. Um, so when we think about these new emerging uh, infectious diseases like Candida auris that's uh, extremely drug-resistant, we're going to have to start thinking about different drugs that we can use. Um, or more importantly, looking at this from uh, the microbial microbiome view, you know, how do we restore these uh, communities in our guts and on our, on our skin with uh, the normal microbes that we've evolved with, some of which may be extinct because of our use of antibiotics. It's been suggested that those people who have, uh, you know, scalp uh, problems with dandruff and malaysia may actually have uh, over-colonized gut with yeast. And so one of the ideas there is uh, that the yeast are actually shedding antigens that are eliciting an immune response, and that immune response is also happening at the scalp uh, against some uh, familiar fungal uh, antigens there. So maybe it's the key to uh, restoring these microbial communities with uh, microbiome rather than uh, antifungals, but antifungals are definitely of critical importance to treating people who are experiencing uh, infectious disease. So um, hope you enjoyed this and uh, we'll talk next time. Thanks so much. Yeah.